Friday night is football night. Big hits. Great plays. School spirit. All of that is on display and more all around Northern California. It's time for the Friday Night Football Show. Presented by Wingstop. Here are your hosts, Matt George and Charles D. Hamilton. Yes, indeed. Friday Night Football time. Sports 1140 KHDK. Matt George, Charles T. Hamilton live inside the Sacramento Republic FC studios here in Sacramento, California. Week two of the Sac Joaquin section football playoffs. Matt George. Charles D. Hamilton, the oh. former lineman extraordinaire himself. CTH, we got a fun night at Kings Basketball that's wrapped up. Now let's talk about some high school football because we have a lot of great games that took place here this evening. We sure did. I mean, that's the thing. There were a lot of rematches from the regular season. We're going to talk about that. Some of them turned out how you'd expect. Some nice upsets as well. Some really close games. There was a game that had, let me do my math real quick, 140 points scored in it. Ooh. So. Plenty of stuff to get to, man. Great call, or high school football going on tonight. Playoffs, it doesn't get any uh, bigger than this. So normally we would open up the show giving you a scoreboard rundown, but we are going to go right to a guest as soon as we get them online. The uh, The voices of Placer Football are joining us. Very excited to have them. And uh, uh, you've heard Dave Rosenthal on this show before, so he is nice enough uh, to join us. And we got the entire crew here now. Uh, so it's going to be a very, very exciting time for the uh, Placer Hillman. It's usually an exciting time for the Placer Hillman as in Division two, if I'm not mistaken, no, I'm sorry, it's Division three. In Division three, Placer beat Yuba City tonight, 52 to 19, and the voices of Placer Hillman football are joining us right now. Welcome in, gentlemen. How are you? Has seemed like a great night for uh, for those Placer Hillman. Absolutely, big win for Placer, uh, Mac. It had done 52 to 19. My voice may sound a little shot, and that's because the uh, Hillman were busy scoring a whole lot of touchdowns during the the contest. <laughs> Yeah, so I noticed uh, they they threw the ball a lot more than I'm used to as far as a team that runs a wing tee. Is this the most that they've thrown this year? My count, at least, were three passing touchdowns. It was funny you should ask that because before the game, we were looking at the total overall statistics for Mike Stuck, and I went, eh, 80-something by 10 game, about eight a game. They threw their average number of passes today, but what they did today that they hadn't done earlier was really work the play action to perfection. First one, Mike Stuck goes play action, tucks it on his hip, steps up in the pocket and hits Lewis Fudge for 66 yards and a touchdown. That was on the second possession. Third possession, same thing. Tucks it on his hip, comes out of the play action, hits him for 26 in the end zone for a touchdown. So at that point, he was two of two passing for a 66 of 26 in both touchdowns. And, you know, we count stops each and every week. If the Hillmans stop you, good luck because you're not going to stop them. So I want to backtrack really quick, guys, before we dive headfirst completely into this game. Rosie, last time we had you on, uh, we talked about that matchup against Lincoln, and you told us that you thought it was going to be a fun and potentially dangerous game for Placer. Ended up being a very close game that Placer won. How good was it for the Placer-Hillman to undergo a tough battle like that and bring that momentum and those lessons learned into uh, this opening round or the second round of the playoffs? Excuse me. Great question, Matt, and the answer is very good for the Hillman. Coach Montoya even stressed that post game he said hey you kids didn't play your best game you played through a lot of adversity they had to finally play a 48 minute game and if you got two teams scoring 100 points in 48 minutes you're doing something lincoln did some things that uh yuba city tried to do tonight this time the hillman were ready for those particular plays 
And, yeah, they needed to get a 48-minute football game under their belt. When you've got your starters playing a half and maybe a series into the third quarter, you don't really know what you're going to do if you get behind. And they were back 42-35 at the end of the half in that game and then came out, made some defensive adjustments, and ended up winning that thing, adding a field goal and a couple touchdowns in the second half. Casey, uh, the Hillmen were one of a, a few teams here in the Sac Joaquin section to be undefeated heading into the playoffs. And sometimes that can add a little bit of, uh, of cockiness that you can get shoved right back in your face, especially with playoffs. We know how different of a beast they are. But it seems like with this team, uh, they recognize that any game they can lose at any time and they have to be focused. Uh, they did it so again tonight against Yuba City. Yeah, they certainly did. I think, as Dave mentioned, the, the best thing that could happen to this Placer team was to play kind of a thriller against Lincoln and realize, look, you're not going to just win every single game. You know, but once again, a uh, quick point on that to your, to your point, Matt, this Placer team, I mean, so talented that it would be easy to maybe get a big head. And considering tonight that their starters only played into the third quarter once again, they didn't even finish off the game, uh, they should be confident. And I think tonight really the difference was that balanced attack with a, a throwing in the first half and then running the ball all over the place, unofficially, by the way, for the game, 739 yards of total offense, 570 yards on the ground. I was just about to ask about the running game, but you pretty much answered it there for me. Uh, So then what's that, about 200 yards passing? Is that out of the ordinary for this team? Uh, it, it's a little bit of average for the team. Mike, like I said, Mike Stuck doesn't really throw the ball all that much, and when he does, he'll throw you know ninety-five, a buck twenty now and again. But one sixty-nine tonight was real good. Uh, Hans Grossman, the big fullback, with ninety-five on the ground. Brad Bishop with ninety-three on the ground. And the guy that stepped up really huge for the last few weeks is a kid by the name of Jesse Wiggum. Marshall Chapman's the number one halfback. He scored twenty-two touchdowns. Went down with an injury a couple, three games ago, and hasn't been back. What, what did Wiggum do tonight? He rushed eight times for 190 yards. Wow, that's a that's a hell of a performance. And and now coming up next, it's it's really no days off as it's back to work for the Hillmen. I mean, they'll enjoy tonight's victory and uh, and rightfully so. But they're taking on River Valley next week in the uh, the third round. And River Valley's been quite the sco- uh, story, guys. They defeated Sacramento 40 to 14 and upset. They were the 11th seed. Sacramento the sixth seed. Then they upset Merced tonight 45 to 40. So this River Valley team's been putting up a lot of points. And uh, Placer can't just pay attention to the seeding. This might be a tough test for them. Well, I got two words for you, Dave. Humphers, the man with the bucket hat. Uh, if you go, this is going to be a flashback to the 90s, 80s and 90s, when Dave Humphers was running that wing tee up at Nevada Union, and they were winning everything. So Humphers is over there as a co-coach. They run the wing team. We're going to be playing a mirror image of ourselves next week. It should be a lot of fun. Is this about as good of a start to the playoffs for Placer? I mean, getting getting this W 52-19. I know Matt asked about that game against Lincoln that uh, – was a close one and, and good for them to, to have under their belt and th- that experience. But as far as coming out and putting it on them, is this, is this probably the best that they uh, could expect in that first round or their first round, excuse me? Well, we've had a couple of easy first rounders before they expanded the playoffs last year. You know, you got teams coming in that probably shouldn't have been in. It got blown out the last couple, three years. But as far as this year goes, pretty decent test, at least for the first few minutes. I think this next game is going to be the real key. If they can get by this one, looks like it's going to be a collision course with uh, those kids from the 50. And uh, Casey, some, a lot of times with uh, teams that are 10-0 that go undefeated, uh, you associate dominance really right from the get-go. Have you seen tangible growth from this team uh, from start to finish? We know the amount of returning seniors that they have, so they're, a lot of what they are building was last season. Uh, but did you still see growth and development from these players from week one all the way to now? 
Well, it's a, it's a great question, and I've got an answer for you, Matt. I literally have seen growth because I bring these boys in every week and interview them on my show on Thursday afternoons. Getting in the weight room, the off-season program, everything from nutrition to hitting the weights to just staying focused on football in the off-season, getting together off the field, things like that. I mean, the Hillmans certainly have found a way to do it. Starts at the junior program and goes all the way up. Head coach Joey Montoya goes and works with the youth. And so by the time they get to high school, they've been running this wing tee so often that they know it like, you know, kind of the back of their hand. Let me point out another fun fact from tonight's game, guys. For Yuba City, Logan Arnold was, yeah, Logan Arnold was the defensive end for the Honkers. He was facing off against Placer's Blake. <laughs> he was facing off against Placer Hillman tackle Blake Bachman. And both of those young men have earned Division One scholarships and will be on the same team wow. at the University of Nevada, Reno next year. That's awesome. Well, a, a cool little matchup and a cool little storyline there to follow. You mentioned the the conditioning and the nutrition, and sometimes we forget that these are high school programs. Like the yep. Placer Hillman, it's a high school, so it's not like a, a full-on uh, system and, and juggernaut convention that they've built. Uh, can you talk about the facilities that Placer does, the coaching staff, and just from top to bottom, this athletic department, uh, what they do not just for Placer football, but for all of Placer athletics? It seems like a top-notch program. Well, the whole school has been really good for a long time. I, I think the best thing that's happened to them was getting bumped into a division three league kind of got mundane down in d4 they dominate every single sport every year uh now they know they have to step it up a notch and i think coach montoya and his staff this year took a page out of de la salle said nutrition weights get in the classroom let's learn this stuff let's you know let's do this football thing like we mean it and as casey mentioned they started at the peewee program all the way up so by doing that it has become a program and I've got a feeling, you know, even though it is at D3, this is going to be a school that is going to be mostly homegrown, but it wouldn't be surprising to me at all to see people look at the school, the way it's run, the way the program is run, and maybe you might get a couple of talents whose parents would say in eighth grade, hey, that Auburn place is pretty nice. Let's move there and put our kids in school as freshmen, not transferring in for athletic reasons, Mm -hmm. just coming along to go to a school that's known for its academics, its athletics, and just a great atmosphere and, and, you know, perpetuate what's been going on here roughly for the last 10, 12 years since Joey Montoya arrived. So two-part question here for you guys. You mentioned the D-end and the tackle, and excuse me for not remembering their names, both uh, committed to, uh, uh, was it Reno you guys said, I believe? Yeah, UNR. UNR. Uh, who won that matchup? Matt's too nice to ask. I got to know. Who, who, who got the better out of the other in that? I, I'll give you a Jim Roman answer. Scoreboard. <laughs> I'll take it. And then uh, one more thing. You guys mentioned you count stops. And sorry if I missed it. Did you mention how many stops they had? And who stood out defensively tonight uh, for this Placer team? Well, this team's always led by team leader Chase Laguana Scott at linebacker. Uh, coming into the game, 74 tackles. He tacked on about 10 more tonight. And really, it's come along very well. We want to credit Jesus Castillo, who stepped in for an injured center tonight and played both ways. Excellent job at defensive tackle and then getting a job done at center when he hadn't played center the whole year. You guys know how important the ball exchange is, both on regular plays and, of course, uh, special teams. Other than that, you know, they've got a bunch of guys that are quick, uh, co-defensive players of the year, as I mentioned, LaGuana Scott and Chandler Dakin, the defensive end. He's got seven sacks coming in, so a real good balance. And I think one of the advantages that the Hillmen find every week, typically when you play against other schools, they've got to have their best players go both ways. That's not really the case here at Placer. 
save for just a couple like Brad Bishop, who plays linebacker and wingback. But the Hillman have the luxury of being a deep enough unit to be able to go both ways and have their starters fresh if they need them to be fresh uh, late in the second half when it's winning time. And let me hitchhike on that. Fresh in the terms of if you go through a 10-game season and you're playing a half of a game, in reality you've only played five games. So you've got five games less on your wear and tear on your body than most other teams have coming in. One more guy I want to mention is a kid they brought in as a kicker, Alex Bond. Uh, how good was he tonight? Every drive, with the exception of two, started at the 20 because he kicked the ball out of the end zone after every play, after every placer score. Did That's you, an advantage. Did you mention a, a new center this week, a guy played center this week for the first time all year? That's right. Uh, his name's Jesus Castillo, wearing number 58 tonight, in for Kyle Christensen, who was unable to go. And very impressive because Kyle's been the center since last year when he was a sophomore. So for Jesus to get the work done in two weeks in the bye week, to be able to get with quarterback Michael Stuck, get the center quarterback exchange underway, and, of course, get those long snaps involved so Placer could make a field goal tonight and convert on all their PATs. It was a big deal for him, and the coaching staff really trusted in him, and he came through in a big way. No, that's a huge deal. As someone who used who played center before, that that's not something you just step into. It's not like playing on the left side uh, and moving to the right side, which is also difficult, but moving into that, that center position is tough, no question. Absolutely. Well, so up next, I mean, the Hillman's got a, you know, it's an unknown. The, the, the lowest seed left in the entire region, the 11-seeded River Valley Falcons coming up here to Placer. If you're a fan, folks, come on up to Lefevre next week. It's going to be great on Friday night. Two wing T teams, kind of a throwback, maybe like an Army-Navy from like the 40s or something. Huh, yeah, no doubt about it. It's going to be one of those games where they're going to look at each other and go, yeah, we know what you're doing. You know what we're doing. Who's going to do it better tonight? And, and may I just throw in a little shade? Uh, how's, please, the 20- please. how's the 209 doing in this playoff run? And we don't see any 209 teams remaining in the Division Three bracket, a bracket often dominated by Modesto, and they're not here. Hmm. Well, that should be definitely a fun uh, a fun storyline to follow and a fun ma- matchup to follow. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time. i got to ask really quickly, though, before I say goodbye, uh, unfortunately, we've heard all these news, all the news and all the battles of the horrific fires that are taking place both in Northern and Southern California, and all our firefighters doing a phenomenal job trying to battle that. Uh, but the smoke was all over Sacramento today. I'm curious, did that come into play at all? Were the conditions okay and, and, and comfortable for the football players tonight? Yeah, everything was just fine up here. I really, you couldn't hardly tell there was smoke in the air. Nice, cool, crisp evening. One of those, really the first kind of football, let's get out there and hit kind of nights we've had all season long. Just a beautiful night for football. And as always, it's great to be a Hillman. It's always great to be on the Hill. Well, Casey, Dave, you guys are fantastic. Keep up the fantastic work there with the Placer Hillman. Hopefully this is not uh, the uh, second-to-last game you call. Hopefully they just keep on rolling. And if they do, we'll keep on having you back. Thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, go Hillman. Have a great week. Appreciate it, Matthew. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. That is Casey and Dave, the voices of Placer Hillman football, and Placer continues to roll. I love one thing they said because I was feeling this on the way in. This felt like the first real football Friday. I mean, not that we haven't had them, but it's nice and crisp out. It's cold with the daylight savings, which, look, I, I hate, but one of the great parts about it is it's dark when, when the game starts. You're doing yep. the, your warm-ups under the lights. Yep. There's no sun left. You're not, you know, in that, that dusk time or whatever where, you know, it's some nice sunsets and stuff like that, but you're it's business, and it just it 
they nailed it. One of the first Friday night football kind of nights, and it was awesome. We're dropping down into the 30s too yes. at night now from here on out. And one of my Love favorite it. things about football, and it just says football, or just it, to me it's an iconic image when I think about football and watching football, is two, an offensive line and a defensive line lining up next to each other, and all you can see is the mist from their breath hitting one another. You get the images of that. The you know Someone takes their helmet off. You see the steam coming off the top of their head, just stuff like that, man. It's it's beautiful. It's football, man. We are going to have Joe Davidson of the Sacramento Bee joining us here following this break. But before we get to that, let's run you through all the scores from this week two of the Sac Joaquin High School Football Playoffs. I'll start in Division One. The Folsom Bulldogs, guess what? They won again, the number one seed for a reason. Edison put up 28 points on Folsom, which is actually an achievement uh, to applaud. But Folsom wins 64-28. to They advance to the next round, and they will face St. Mary's, the fourth seed, who defeated Sheldon, the fifth seed. This game was fantastic, yeah. guys. 30-29 the final, so Folsom and St. Mary's next week. Oak Ridge defeated Turlock, the number three seed, uh, beating the number six seed to advance. 27-9 the final score on that one. They will take on the number two seed, Monterey Trail, as they defeated Pitt, uh, Pittman today, 63-7. That's Division One. Division Two. we got Del Oro, and we'll be talking to Coach Jeff Walters a little later here tonight about their big win as they put up 36 against eight-seeded Tracy, who only put up seven. Del Oro moving on next week, and they're going to be playing Jesuit because Jesuit put up 42 Granite Bay put up zero from a rematch from earlier this year going to talk about that one a little bit later Jesuit Del Oro next Friday Endercombe threw down 69 points while Downey put up 29 Endercombe moving on next week going to be taken on Central Catholic because Central Catholic went and beat Elk Grove 49-7, to Intercom Central Catholic next week. That is Division 2. Look at Division 3. You heard us talk about Placer uh, earlier. They defeated Yuba City to advance number 2 seed. Moving on to face a number 11 seed, River Valley. They've been quite a story, Chuck. They defeated, like I said, Sacramento uh, in the opening round, 40-14, to then defeated Merced, 45-40. to uh, So they will take on the Hillman and probably be a wild card for these two wing T offenses to go at one another. Capital Christian stay undefeated. They shut out Buhawk Colony, and they win 55 to nothing to advance. They will take on Antelope, and Antelope's played spoiler for a couple of teams this year. Antelope was the team that gave the Wood Creek Timberwolves their first loss of the season. 20-8, to they defeated Manteca to advance to the next round. That is Division 3. Division 4, we got Rio Linda taking on Pacheco. Rio Linda moves on because Rio Linda put up 77, while Pacheco only put up 63. That was the game I was talking about. 140 points scored in this game, out of control. Oakdale taking on Wood. Oakdale gets the W, 38-28. So it'll be Rio Linda Oakdale next week. Casa Roble taking on Patterson. Casa Roble puts up 52. Patterson only 10. Casa Roble moving on. They are going to be taking on Vanden because Vanden got the W against Cordova, 54-12. Division 5, I really like this team, Chuck. Number one seed Colfax was undefeated through the season. They took on Los Banos and defeated them 56-21 to to advance. They will take on Sonora. Another great game here between Sonora and Foothill. Sonora, the fourth seed, beat Foothill 28-27 to to advance. Also, Bear River defeating Center, the number three seed, defeating the number six seed, 28-13. to And then you had Rippon defeating Mountain House, 49-20. to So it will be Bear River and Rippon at it next week. We have divisions six and seven yes, for sir. you that we will share later. Right now, though, we have to break. Coming out of the break, Joe Davidson from the Ooh. Sacramento Bee joining us. He'll share all of the news, and I mean all of it, from around the Sac Joaquin section. Playoffs, Friday Night Football rolls on, presented by Wingstop. Welcome to Friday Night Football. 
Y'all played a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Yeah. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show, presented by Wingstop. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Welcome back into Friday Night Football, segment number two, as we are coming off the tail end of another Sacramento Kings win. Uh, so excited to... Uh, Excited to take you all the way up until midnight and fill you in on all the great action from around the Sac Joaquin section. We still have so many uh, different stories to share with you, so many great things, as Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee is going to be joining us here uh, in just a little bit as we get him on the phone right now. Uh, You can go to khdk.com for the full scoreboard if you would like. Also, there at khdk.com, you can check out the Stockton Honda Game of the Week vote that will be up beginning on Monday, so you can vote on which game will be the Stockton Honda Game of the week this week it was division four action as once again man i tell you what i'm very impressed with casa roble and that student section that fan base because they continue to outvote everybody this was the third time this year they've been the stockton honda game of the week and they uh they did not disappoint in their game defeating patterson 52 to 10 to advance they will take on vanden next week so congratulations to casa roble we'll give you more information about that game and more games to come but be sure to check out khdk.com to see the stockton honda game of the week voting uh, that starts on monday and you can see all of the games that are up for grabs and vote and if your school wins khdk street team comes invades your campus you'll see the tent there you get free stuff and we'll uh we'll treat you like royalty here on KHTK Always. Radio. My man Charles T. Hamilton uh, is joining me here. And Charles, you're a former lineman yourself. How important are linemen come playoff time? We talk uh, they're about- the most important thing come any time of any game of any year, Matt. I mean, we talk That's about the truth. skill positions and we're <laughs> highlighting quarterback performances, especially in playoffs because it usually takes a hero to step up. Mm-hmm. But boy, like like what we're talking about with, with Plaster, the fact that a a, a backup center yeah. stepped in after playing without or didn't play with varsity all season, steps in in a playoff game for a wing T offense. Yeah, no, it's huge, especially when you run the wing T, a lot of polling linemen. And look, a, a, a guy like Demarcus Ross, you know, other big-time backs, uh, Nagata at uh, Folsom, those guys can carry the load, no question. But when a team like Placer has three different running backs, runs the wing tee like they do, that O-line is is incredibly important. I mean, look, skill skill position players get the headlines, and they probably should. But when you run a wing tee to the success that Placer has— those those old linemen are incredibly important, and and you mentioned the the uh, guy who who played center for them who stepped in tonight. That's such a huge accomplishment for him uh, to be able to do that for for a, a playoff team. Man, it's 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 worthy of talking about for sure. You are listening to uh, Friday Night Football presented by Wingstop, Week Two of the Sac Joaquin Section high school football playoffs. So many good programs around here for you to keep tabs on, and the best way to do it is by subscribing to the Sacramento Bee and reading the work of Joe Davidson, Mark Billingsley, and the great staff that they have there. Joe Davidson, nice to join us each and every single week. At this point, we probably owe him a new car with how much he has done for us. But Joe, a fantastic week, uh, 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 as we expected. I mean, so many great games, so many good finishes, uh, and uh, we're looking forward to some great matchups here in Week 3. Yeah, no, it's good to talk to you guys. And uh, if a car doesn't work, how about a lifetime pass to uh, you know the sponsor, the the uh, the wings? You know, I mean, we'll, we'll 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 figure something out. We can be bought. That's what we tell people. See, you know, was, we can be bought. I was going for a loophole. I was going to get you like a Hot Wheels car and call it a day. But now <laughs> you're actually putting pressure on me. That's exactly a Hot Wheel. Yeah, that would bring <laughs> us back to our childhood. So, um, no, um, 
I think tonight was the first time we had coolest weather. So it actually felt, felt like football weather Love for the it. first time after a, a very warm fall and as long as we don't have any rain. But, you know, um, we should really uh, talk about uh, a school that is no longer playing in the football playoffs. It surrendered its season for all yeah. the sad and unfortunate reasons up in the, the Chico area, Paradise High School yeah. in the town of Paradise. Um, about the only thing left standing in that proud community is the high school. Uh, most of the town burned down, 6,400 structures. Um, the, the Paradise High football team was 8-2 and two in the regular season, earned a number three seed in the, in the uh, north section playoffs, was going to host a game against Red Bluff. Could not obviously host the game. You know, most of the team lost their house uh, houses. The coaches lost their houses. Yeah. They're still looking for loved ones. Uh, there are fatalities up there. So real life crashing um, into reality. And Red Bluff, um, great sportsman, said, "Why don't you take a victory? We'll give you the victory. For, you know, we'll, 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 you know, just take the victory and move on since you've earned it." And the Paradise football team said, "We appreciate that. The administration appreciated." It but said, no, our, our focus is we, we've got to rebuild. So a lot of good sportsmanship up there. And um, the Bear River coach, um, Terry Loeb, um, that's a team that's been a powerhouse for years, yeah. section champions last year in Division Five. He grew up in Paradise, played high school football in Paradise in the um, late 60s and got his coaching start at Paradise and has been a 200-game winner at Bear River. So I'm going to talk to him in the morning. I'm sure he's mixed emotions. His Bear River team is doing well. But his hometown is in is uh, is in ruin. So, a lot of thoughts for those good people up there in uh, in Paradise and Chico and Butte County. And earlier this season, if you remember, um, there was all the Reading fires, which mm-hmm. affa- affected schools like Shasta High School, um, which went to the North House last year. So, you know, when this stuff hits, it's it's a problem. And um, in a lot of ways, it's uh, it's just so unfortunate. Um, and a lot of the smoke from those fires get pushed down to the Bay area yeah. and some of the central coast section playoffs were, were postponed tonight. There's too much smoke. You can't be playing football in that kind of bad smoky condition. So they're going to be some playoff games on Monday in that area. So could you imagine having to play a Monday game and then turn around and come back for a Saturday or a Friday game? That's, that's just, you know, things you got to do. You can't have people sitting in that smoke or competing in it, but uh uh, so no, so some real life going on up there in, in paradise, and, and and unfortunately some lost lives too. Yeah, I mean you said it. There, it's so much bigger than football, obviously. But I, I did you notice if anyone was affected by the smoke that made it down here? Like I, I read it was unhealthy for uh, what was the term? Like sensitive breathers or something along those lines and i might just be a hypochondriac but i felt like i it affected me just being out today did you notice anyone having uh, any problems with it tonight at the game you were at at least well, the, the sack walking section uh is one of 10 of this state and so each section will determine you know hey um should we cancel games postpone games and no section games were, were postponed or canceled uh but there was real talk about it because the smoke was really bad here and Sacramento and El Grove earlier in the day, and it seemed to clear up uh, in a lot of areas and did not see anything on social media about people complaining about it, um, uh, and not complaining in a bad sense, certainly, but just, you know, uncomfortable, and nobody wants to sit through that. Nobody wants to compete in, in conditions like that, but try to get the games in if it's safe. Um, you gotta be, you got to be safe. You know, you, you just can't risk 
um, you know, it's it's just a game, as you guys are saying. But so, no, it seemed like it's okay. Some of the other events, like the Sacro King section cross-country championships pushed back a week, um, and maybe um, some other championships like water polo, I think, were pushed back from today to tomorrow. So it, it did imp- impact some things because those were day events, but apparently by nighttime it, it got better. The air did. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, on to the football. I got to ask, because you've mentioned Jesuit uh, this whole year that they would probably get off to a slow start. They did that last year and ended up being just fine. They played Granite Bay tonight, who actually beat them during the regular season, 27-12. Jesuit comes out, beats them 42 nothing. I know they got Isaiah Rutherford back, but there's got to be something more than just getting one player back as good as Rutherford is. What, what, what can you tell me about tonight's game between those two? Wow, uh, that was a quite a, a stunner there. And, and our guy, Thomas Frey, who's our terrific video guy, went out there and, and got Isaiah Rutherford running all over the place. Um, he um, He's going to, to Notre Dame to play cornerback, but he's a terrific high school running back. He did not play in the first meeting in the season's second week. Um, he had an ankle. I think Jesuit was down six starters with all kinds of banged-up injuries. Um, in that game, and um, it's just, you know, they're coming on uh, and just drop the hammer on Granite Bay. I think it's the worst playoff loss for Granite Bay, which is in the playoffs for 20 consecutive seasons, so that's saying something. So now what that sets up um, is a great showdown with Jesuit at Deloro on on Friday, two-storied programs, and on the other side of the bracket, you get Indercom with, you know, you guys were talking about the wing tee a moment ago. Indercom runs a great wing tee with speed and, and, and all kinds of um, athletes who get just kick it to the house and Endercom will play at Central Catholic, which is the number two seed. Central Catholic has only got one loss this season to De La Salle in a competitive game. So the division two field is pretty good. Really good. Delaro Jesuit, Endercom Central Catholic. And I don't think any no matter what happens in any of those games, I can't I can't feel like it'd be a real upset. If Jesuit wins, that's not a stunning upset. Uh Jesuit's a proven deal. If Endercom goes down and beats Central Catholic, well how can that be an upset if Endercom's alone and all? So uh, should be really good in Division Two. Joe, we've had a number of people, or maybe it was the same person multiple times, on our text line uh, throughout this week asking us to to talk about and highlight uh, Rio Linda football and what they've been doing. And they played a monster game here tonight, a huge offensive performance in their battle between uh, themselves and number 8 seed Pacheco. The final score of that one, 77-63. to uh, Rio Linda moves on to take on Oakdale, who defeated Wood today, 38-28. to uh, What can you tell me about that Rio Linda program, and, and how about a final score like that in the playoffs? Well, and that's something else. I mean, that's, uh, you know, defensive coordinators are, are, are heaving and just, you know, desperate right now. <laughs> Jack Arceau is the coach. Uh, it's a good program. It's been around a long time. Mike Morris was a longtime football coach, won a section championship there. He's the athletic director there now. And, and Cameron, um, Cameron Scadabo is the 2,200-yard rusher. He had 280 yards tonight. Uh, he's got all kinds of school rushing records for season games. Uh, and, and Tyson Abera is the quarterback, very steady. Uh, number one seed, earned it, playing like it. Um, will now take on very storied program in Oakdale. Oakdale's won a lot of section championships. Got a terrific coach in Trent Merzon. So that's a, a really good Division Four bracket as well. And on the bottom, you've got uh, bottom of the bracket, you got Castle Robles taking on Bandit. Yeah. So all the top seeds have held held steady. Well, for the most part, Oakdale's a five seed, but it's a dangerous five seed. Uh, Oakdale have been played so well over the years, but. Um, you know, so like we talked about, whether it's the large schools in Division One, or the Division Two programs, or the Division Three with Capital Christian, Antelope, River Valley, Placer, and then uh, down to Division Four, um, it's it's all good. Um, 
the upset of the night, the upset of the entire season, I think was River Valley yeah. with Yuba City going down and beating Merced. Merced was 10-0. That's a terrific feat. And now River Valley, which runs the wing team, will take on Placer looking to bounce another unbeaten team. So, uh, you know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago, you know, who's the dark horse? Well, how about River Valley? 64 in the regular season. And I just beat a good sack high team last week on the road. Just went down to Merced. That's a long drive from Yuba yeah. City all the way to Merced. But you know what? Nobody's complaining about the drive back when you uh, <laughs> when you win a game like that. So, um, um, Brandon, Brandon McFadden is the is the coach, and his co-coach is Dave Humphers, who won four section championships in the 1990s and 2000s at Nevada Union. So it's a terrific one-two punch. And um, you know, what were we, didn't we say this a couple of weeks ago? What are the playoffs without a couple of upsets? Well, uh, River Valley's done it twice now, so that's that's good to see some upsets. We don't want it too predictable, no, right? Def, come we want to see now. a little. Little, yeah. I mean, Folsom's predict- predictable enough. Uh, Joe, I wanted to ask yeah. you, you had a great piece about uh, Coach Catalico of Sheldon High, and they sadly did not get it done tonight. They lost a tight one, 30-29 to St. Mary's. But uh, it was a great piece, and you talked about his old-school mentality and the fact that he runs an IBAC system. And we've talked a lot about uh, what systems and the spread and wing tee, triple option, all that stuff. IBAC is real old-school. Is part of why it's kind of phased out or just not run as much is because of the fact that you need kind of bigger guys to be able to run the rock like that, to just line up with an eye back and a fullback and run it down someone's throat that you need a certain amount of size to be able to do that. Yes. And you know, Joe Catalico is, he's the son of a coach and Butch Catalico won 266 games at Los Gatos high in in the Bay area. And so he learned from his dad, you know, this is how we run football. And, Sheldon doesn't always have a bunch of big bruisers in the line, you know, as long as you execute and still comes down to blocking and tackling. What I'm refreshed about is it's not a copycat area, meaning, oh, well, geez, Folsom's running the spread. Let everybody do it. Mm-hmm. No, everybody's, you know, um, look at the, the, the wing T teams, Placer, Intercom, both on beat. Um, Grant has won with Power Eye for, for 30 years. Sheldon's done it. Sheldon's just had a 10 game winning streak. Monterey Trail is 11 and 0 because it runs the veer, which is a heavy duty run, run, run. Um, you know, so everybody does something a little different. And of course, Folsom runs the spread and just annihilates everybody with that offense. And as we've talked about on the show before, Folsom used to run Power Eye in the 2000s and just got buffaloed and just got destroyed in playoff games like 54 to 10 to Elk Grove. Uh, and 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 the coaches, Chris Richardson and Troy Taylor. Decided, you know, we we can't compete playing power smash mouth football. Let's go with the spread. Let's get our guys in open space and get them the ball in a hurry and see if they can't create. And that's what really energized that program. And and they they, they took off. And you know, programs like um, and then Capital Christian is unbeaten at eleven and zero, running the the pistol offense. Uh, and uh, but uh, they'll all they run multiple offense. So everybody's got a little different wrinkle, and and you know you just these coaches are loyal to what they do. And Dale Styles run the the veer heavy running veer since 1979, and uh, you just go with what works. I, I think it's great. I think if everybody did the spread, you know, in the 1990s, um, everybody went to the wing tee because Nevada Union was doing it, um, and. Not everybody, but a, a lot of them. There were, there were, we did stories on that where everybody was trying, trying to find, just follow the leader. 
Yeah, well, it's a great piece. I would suggest everyone go check it out. One of my favorite things, and you you mentioned this also, is the fact that he has his father on the the coaching staff and some other former head coaches. Uh, I I used to play for a, a, a young a son who kept his father on the coaching staff as well, who was a longtime coach, and it's just one of my favorite things to see. I would I would recommend everyone go check that out on Sackby.com. Who was that coach? Who'd you play for? Uh, Jake Shaughnessy, and then I believe his dad. We called him Shag. I think it was Dan Shaughnessy, who was a longtime uh, Bay Area f- uh, high school football coach. What, what school? Tam High, Tamil Pius High School. Tamil Pius. Oh, yeah, I remember talking to him. He said he, had, he cut you three years in a row. Yeah, for oh, yeah, athlete. yeah, for sure. Um, I kept coming back, no, though. Just a, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No, and, you know, it's amazing. Um, I, I'm, you know, I've covered all levels of athletics that a lot of several years with the Kings, uh, you know, a lot of colleges, you know, then and still now. And your, your most influential coach at any level is going to be the high school ranks. You know, you're still dealing with young men, guys trying to, you know, boys trying to become men, you know, macho guys who think they know all the answers, but they really need to be mentored and tutored and, and things like that. So, um, an, an impact high school coach will resonate forever. And there's always stories where, these players come back to visit their old high school coach and they, they might say, Hey, you know, coach, I couldn't stand you, but your lessons were right. And I'm back here to thank you. And that always flatters um, any coach. Joe, uh, last couple things for you. Capital Christian, they, uh, they do it again, winning 55 to nothing. They advanced to take on the fourth seed at Antelope who defeated Manteca 20 to eight. And Antelope's been playing spoiler a little bit this year. They've had some impressive wins during the regular season. Uh, what do you expect from this matchup? It looks like it's going to be a fun one. Well, it's a rematch of a terrific early season non-league match that um, I don't remember the score. Something like 26-19. It was a one-touchdown game. But there was a big fight in that game, and both teams just got after it. They were taunting each other. It was bad blood. And uh, so that's going to be on high alert. You know, that, uh, right. keep it clean, guys. You know, let's not, let's not add to this troubling trend of brawls. And two of the best coaches, two of the best guys in the section – or in this game, Casey Taylor, Capital Christian, and Matt Ray of, of, of Antelope. And Antelope is uh, seven wins, four losses, but it's a little misleading because Antelope has lost to Intercom, which is 11-0, lost to Folsom, which is 10-1, lost to Capital Christian, 11-0. So those are really quality losses. And I think what Antelope has done under Coach Matt Ray is it has upped its schedule. Uh, Antelope's had teams that went 11-0 and and just got destroyed in playoff games and, you know, found out that you, you better schedule up in the non-league to, you know, test yourselves. It's okay to take losses early. If you, you know, you're, you're going to learn by playing Intercom and um, Folsom and Capital Christian. You know, you may not win those games, but you're going to benefit from them. And so here they are in that schedule did not uh, turn off the section selection committee because strength of schedule counts. So they, they earned a number four seed, the Titans. So we'll see. Um, let's just hope it's not a fight to a finish. You know, let's hope that it, it, the game goes to the finish, but it's not a fight to the finish yeah. like it was last time. Joe, you are the uh, man really quick. Anything uh, you, you mentioned your conversation that you're going to be, uh, be having tomorrow, uh, but anything great uh, to follow, to keep an eye out for uh, on SacramentoB.com or in the Sunday paper. Yeah, we'll do um, we'll do more news and notes. Uh, we'll recap. I'll try to big picture on, on what you know what these games mean. What's next? We'll have previews and, and features next week. Uh, this is you know, we're at the semifinal round of the section championship. Um, the section finals are the two days after Thanksgiving. Um, 
I think that is on the 24th. So it, it could be a triple header, um, meaning at, at Sacramento State, the Division three game could be Capital Christian versus Placer, as a perfect example, would be like at noon. And then the like, 4 o'clock game on that Saturday at Sac State would be the Division two finals. Could be Deloro against Indercom. Could be Jesuit against Indercom. Could be Capital, Central Catholic against Deloro. But either way, we're going to have a super showdown. Yeah. And then the, the late game at 8 o'clock on that Sac State Saturday, November 24th, um, if the seedings hold up, would be Folsom and Monterey Trail. That's a triple header of good football action. So let's hope for no rain uh, and, and, and no fights. No. <laughs> and – you know, so that stuff's getting here before we know it. Then it's the NorCal finals, and then it's the state finals, and then uh, then finally we could catch our breath. Joe, we have to go talk to your better half, Mark Billingsley, now, but thank you for taking the time. <laughs> well, thanks for upgrading. You know, you'll go from uh, a bunch of nonsense and noise, and let's, hopefully Mark didn't start any fights or any brawls. He's, he's kind of bad like that. Don't yeah. let him cover the Capital Christian game next week. <laughs> Well, that's where I'm going to have him go. And oh. I think I'll have him mix it up uh, before they get. Maybe, maybe they can. Maybe Mark can go up there and, and, and stir it up during a coin toss or something. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll let and, him do uh, the ceremonial coin toss. You know, no. See, Mark, Mark is so good at what he does. He's done it with us for so many years. Does a great job on on big picture. He's got fun tweets. Uh, I. It's to the point. So, Mark, if you got a game you want to do, you just let me know. And he wanted to do some of these recent games, uh, including Grant against Downey. Um, and then he said, hey, can I do the uh, Intercom um, Downey game? He, he, he sensed it would be a good game, and uh, I'm guessing he's going to want to do St. Mary's at Folsom next week. We'll throw him a bone for the, to cover the Bulldogs. He knows that, that program, Chris Richardson, well. And uh, So, you know, he's so good, he's earned it. So uh, I, I kind of say, hey, man, you, you, you take what you want, and then I'll mm-hmm. pick up the, the, the scrap heap, um, the spare parts. Well, what a man. What, like that. what a nice boss that Joe Davidson is, huh? Joe, thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time and uh, joining us each and every single week. We look forward to chatting with you next week after round three. Thanks, guys. Always good. Appreciate it, Joe. That is Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee. we got to take a break right now. When we come back, also from the Sacramento Bee, Mark Billingsley joining us. He was at the Intercom game. He'll share all the details up next on Friday Night Football. Friday Night Football. Friday Night is Football Night. Big hits. Great plays. Touchdown! Touchdown! School spirit. All of that is on display and more all around Northern California. It's It's time time for the the Friday Friday Night Football Football Show. Show. Presented by Wingstop. Here are your hosts, Matt George and Charles D. Hamilton. Little under an hour remaining here on Friday Night Football. Week 2 of the playoffs. I think this is week 13 of the entire season overall, but I'm not too good at math. Something like that. My name is Matt George, joined by Charles T. Hamilton. Had a great conversation with Joe Davidson about to have Mark Billingsley on, also from the Sacramento Bee. While we're dialing him up, Joe said a few things, Chuck, uh, that really got your attention. Well, yeah, definitely, and I just wanted to touch on him uh, before we got to Mark, because he he made some great points about just the fact, we talked about uh, Coach uh, Catolico, Catolico. I, I realized I said it wrong when he, you know, Corrected me without actually correcting me. You know, Loser. yeah, I know. I feel like an idiot. I would have but the father son right. coaches and just the, the influence that coaches have on their kids, uh, their their players is, you know, I, I never played on a great team, but I definitely remember every single coach I had and have kept in touch with them and, you know, have fond memories of them. So it was just something that he said. And there were some other things we'll get to later also, but just uh, some of the sentimental stuff that, that I think gets lost in high school football. We focus so much on stats and wins and losses, and there's just so much to it. Not just football, high school sports in general. 
Mark Billingsley was at the uh, Indercombe Downey matchup as the number three seed Indercombe defeated number 11 seed Downey 69 nice. to 29. They now take on Central nice. Catholic next week in Division Two high school football playoff matchups. And Mark, kind enough to join us here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Mark, how are you, my friend? Welcome into Friday Night Football. It's uh, I'm a little chilly. I'm still uh, trying to warm up. Uh, it's the first uh, Friday that had that that fall Christmas to it, and uh, I felt it in the press box at Intercom. But uh, boy, the uh, the Tigers sure were heating it up on the field. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And, and Downey uh, nice. uh, got got a sting of what it's like uh, upper division, uh, or I shouldn't say upper division, but upper level football in this part of the. Uh, of the section and uh they uh, they got spanked 69 to 29 today you mentioned uh first fall friday kind of feels like first cold friday and and maybe it's just because it's yeah. my experience of of when i played but that feels like a friday night uh football to me that feel that like was the friday night feeling tonight and with daylight savings you're warming up under the lights man it it felt like a real real friday night football to me at least yep yep you can start seeing your your breath and yes. uh you know, if you're if you're downy, uh, you saw a lot of breath as you're muttering uh, some things <laughs> like, you know, "That's not the way it would have happened last last week against Grant." And and the, the big difference today was was just uh, I, I felt that that Peter uh, was able to get to to Bryce Stoker, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the starting quarterback for Downey, and, and that wasn't happening last week. You know, so I I mentioned in the story that you know it's kind of hard to say how good Downey is because they, they play against depleting. Uh, because of suspensions last week, uh, Grant, uh, now whether or not they would have beat him with all eight of their starters in, who knows? It probably would have been closer, but I, I give a nod to Downey. But they face a, a much better, much much stronger team in Intercom tonight, and it wasn't much of a contest after the first, say, uh, six, seven minutes. I'm glad you brought up the defense, because when a team puts up 69 points, obviously you focus on the offense. But the fact they were able to get pressure on him, what, did you feel like it was – did they blitz a lot? Was it more just the fact that, you know, they had four guys that were able to get after the quarterback? They did blitz quite a bit. Now, I haven't seen them come enough to say that, you know, they blitz more than they normally do against them. Uh, you know, you try not to blitz that much in, against the spread offense. That leaves an even bigger hole somewhere. Uh, you know, that's that's the spread offense's thing. They, they want to spread you out, create uh, a real uh, matchup problem when, when you maybe have a slower outside linebacker that has to guard just a heck of a lot of space and if you blitz that guy all of a sudden then that leaves even you know twice as big of a hole if you will uh so i don't know if they necessarily blitzed a lot against the spread but uh when they did they were successful um downey seemed to have a, a you know they they were able to call a couple of screen passes on that to try to disrupt that but intercoms is so fast on the edges and so big up up the front up the middle that it just uh, it didn't really work, and their uh, their DBs are, could run with just about anybody. At least uh, that Downey threw out there. We'll see what they can do against Central Catholic, who's been uh, Central Catholic's been just a, a juggernaut down down there in Modesto for many many years. I, I don't think I I don't know. Joe probably know uh, their their year streak consecutive playoff uh, appearances. It's got to be in the twenties, I would think. You know, right right along with. Uh, way Grant's been doing for last year and uh, and such. So it's going to be a hell of a ball game last or next week, I should say, between uh, Intercom number three in uh, Division Two going against number two uh, Central Catholic that just, uh, well, spanked uh, Elk Grove. 
So uh, we'll see next week if uh, Intercom can uh, can uh, put 69 or anywhere near that on the board. I doubt it, but it's going to be a heck of a ball game in that uh, that semifinal. Mark, we have uh, so many great matchups to look forward to. Division two and Division three in particular, I really have my eyes on. You mentioned Intercom and Central Catholic. Uh, Del Oro Jesuit also should be a fun matchup between those two teams. And then Division three, Capital Christian and Antelope, uh, River Valley and Placer. Uh, two of these divisions, are, do they have the chance to steal some of the thunder away from Division one in terms of just entertainment value? Oh, I think so, most definitely. I mean, uh, Del Oro's... Uh, it sounds like they've had a, you know they had two weeks in a row where where they kind of uh, sputtered there, but it sounds like they they got their 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 acting gear and they're they're performing the way they're supposed to be. Uh, and you look at uh, Plasters has been uh, you know they've been licking their chops since they lost in the state finals last year. Uh, you know they knew that they had a chance to win that game, and and so now they're coming back. A lot of their kids were last year were young, uh, and they're back and they're hungry and. and so they're they're humming along as well, uh, yeah. I think I think uh, if you had a choice between going to uh, Folsom against somebody, you know anybody <laughs> other than De La Salle in Northern California, and maybe one of these D two D three games, uh, definitely go to a D two D three game. It's it's going to be a lot closer, a lot more intense than it is uh, uh, what happened at, at Folsom, say. Uh, but you know, there's going to be some good D one games next week too. I think uh, that Oak Ridge game against uh, Monterey right. Trail is going to be pretty interesting. Right. Uh, also, moving on to uh, Division Four here, uh, Castle Roble Patterson was our Stockton Honda game of the week here this week. Castle Roble uh, winning again, fifty-two to ten. They'll take on Vanden next week. What do you know? And what do you think about that matchup between the number three and number two seeds? I saw Castle earlier this uh, this year against Ponderosa. You know, and, and you could tell that they had some pieces, but they they didn't quite put it together. But uh, it sounds to me like since then, I don't think it was week three or four. I saw them. So in the six or seven weeks since then, it sounds like Cass has really, uh, really stepped it into high gear, and and uh, that doesn't surprise me necessarily. Good coaching staff, a uh, younger coaching staff there, and that really turned that program around and, and got on point in the right direction. Mark, in your opinion, and just strictly your opinion here, uh, you know, wh- where do you fall on the, I guess, entertainment value of you know you got to see Indercom who runs a wing tee and run it really well. Where do you fall just in your in you know entertainment value as far as a team that runs a wing tee or triple option or veer compared to a team that runs a spread well you know the, the spread is is it's been around a lot longer than i thought it was mm-hmm. there's kind of a, a newer twist to the spread a little more west coasty uh you know but the the spread itself has been around since, since the 40s even i think yeah about the 40s it, it it's a little little younger than the wing tee but not by much uh, so I, I like the wing tee. And when you talk about plaster and you talk about intercom, they run the wing tee, and they're a little different than Nevada Union back in the day that that relied on that deception because they had smaller smaller linemen. Both plaster and intercom have huge linemen that are able to run it. So it's like a power wing tee, if you will, and yeah. that they're able to. If you pull out a guard or a tackle in this case, like a Brandon Knott, who was the MVP of the Capital Valley Conference this year as a lineman. I mean, think back. I mean, we're trying to – Joe and I were both trying to scratch our heads thinking about when's the last time a, a lineman won an MVP of a league. Now, obviously, there's defense – you know, there's linemen of the year awards and stuff, but the MVP of a league from a line, uh, that's pretty impressive. And I know you guys, uh, former players, and especially on the line, are just probably going, what, really? And, uh, you know, it's like, it's like receiving an Academy Award, you know. Uh, it, it, it's huge. So, Brandon, you know, when he pulls – 6'5", 
255, and he pulls and gets down the line and hits you. Uh, if he squares your shoulder pads, you're gonna you're you're gonna get pancaked. Yeah. And so that's kind of fun to watch. So it's a little different. I right now, you know what? I, I picked the wing T over the spread, at least uh, the way it's played in this section. My man, I love it. Wing T. I'm all, I'm all about it. And I'm glad you mentioned the linemen, too, because Matt and I were talking about that earlier, just their importance in football period, playoff football, but especially when it comes to wing T, triple option, all that stuff when you're pulling guys. Uh, and they're 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 integral to to the success of of the running game, but especially in in these heavy run offense. I got to ask, uh, Coach Billingsley, has his practice started for you yet? Oh yeah, I oh, had yeah, practice started. We get to get a practice tomorrow morning at nine a.m. Uh, you know, they, uh, we we were off Friday and we're off on Monday, but uh, there's practices now. We're not to, we don't. If you had a day out from school, tough. We'll still see you at, at school to practice. So. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the season is right around the corner. So the, the girls, there's no, there's no rest for the for the ladies. No, without the court, let's go. How are we looking so far? Th- first couple practices, uh, pretty good, pretty good. You know, we we run a uh, read and react offense, so we don't really have centers, forwards, guards like a lot of other teams that will will come across, which is both a, a blessing and a, and could be a curse too. Um, so we'll have to see how it how it. Uh, matches up with others in the league, but uh, I'm excited about the offense that uh, Sean Steck, the, uh, the varsity coach, has been running for many, many years there, and, and I'm quickly picking up on it, but uh, I love it because uh, you have to be, uh, you have to watch the ball, so whoever has the ball kind of directs the offense in terms of whatever she does with it, you have to react, so that's pretty cool, and and, and the defense can't really key on just one player or, or try to shut down a a center or something like that. So it's fun. That's awesome, Mark. Is, is someone? Is this, are you guys going to do a high school basketball show? We don't. You know, we're I'm I'm pushing for it, but we'll we'll see. I don't know. There's, that's above my pay grade. But uh, I was yeah. talking about it earlier, man. Just the the high school coaches that I played a, a number of different sports for. You know, I'll always remember, and I think it's great that you're a part of that now. Uh, you, you got practice at nine a.m., so I, I got to thank you for joining us, man, at this late hour. <laughs> hey, I, I heard that Joe. Uh, Joe's not giving me a choice. He's just going to go ahead and assign me Folsom next uh, next week. Right? Yeah, he didn't even ask. He's like, I assume that's what he wants. But like, Mark, well, is that really where you want to go? You know, we'll, I'll put in a good well, word I, for you. You know, I do, hey. I do because I haven't seen Folsom yet, and I'd rather see them in the playoffs. Well, I shouldn't say rather, but uh, you know, I will watch them in the sections of NorCal's for sure. But uh, you know, I haven't seen them yet, so um, that might be a, a good one. Um, but then again, like you said, those those D two and D threes. I mean. The, I don't. I don't necessarily want to go to Modesto simply because we have Modesto D people that cover that game and watch Intercom. So uh, Joe's probably going to do the Del Oro game, but then again, he lives in Elk Grove. He might do the Monterey Trail game uh, as they host Oak Ridge. I don't know. There's so many good games that uh, you know, there's there's no bad pick 'em. So uh, wherever I go, I'll, I'll have a good time, and it's always nice to uh, talk with the players and coaches and and, and bring the news and, and uh, the great stories to to the readers of Sacramento Bee. Well, if you go to Capital Christian and Antelope, for the love of God, don't bring boxing gloves. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and 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 if I did have the the coin flip, uh, I would I'd flip it in the air and and quickly run out of the way. I don't want to get in the <laughs> middle of that scrum. Heads, That's you punch sure. one side; tails, you punch the other, and then just watch no, what happens. No, it's it's flip that thing fifteen feet in the, in the air. Give me time to get the heck out okay. of the way. I like it. I like it. True tactics. That's that's the that's the way I'd play football. Yep. But remember, I was the upright. <laughs> 
There you go. Well, Mark, you're the man. Thank you so much for taking the time wherever you end up next week. We look forward to chatting with you and getting uh, more into detail about that. Uh, thanks for all your fantastic coverage and what you do uh, with the Sacramento Bee team there. Um, and we will chat with you next week. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it, Coach. Mark right. Billingsley. That's right. Coach. I'm, call, I'm, I'm calling him Coach from now on. Coach Mark Billingsley of the Sacramento Bee. We are going to take the break right now. When we come back, let's talk to – I'm not going to say a real coach. Let's talk. Let's talk to an – a football coach. See? I'm well gonna, done. I'm not well going to disrespect Mark because no, he, do he does. He's, he's good with the X's and O's there. You, and girls, he will fight me. And that's my best friend. So I don't want to, I don't want to ruin that relationship just when it got started. But a, uh, how about a head coach of Del Loro who won tonight? They have a tough matchup I'm coming up it. next. Jeff Walters will be joining us coming up next here on Friday Night Football presented by Wingstop. Welcome to Y'all played a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Yeah. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show. Presented by Wingstop. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. And a big thank you to Wingstop for sponsoring Friday Night Football all season long. Week two of the playoffs. Week three is coming up next week. Of course, we'll have all the coverage for you right here on KHDK. Happy and sad to announce uh, that that will be our final show, though. Next week, so we will cover all the way. I'm up not through. happy about it, Matt. I don't know who. I I can't believe you just said that. No, well, happy to make it through a full season, but sad yeah, that we got to okay. say goodbye. Happy that we we survived it. and we didn't kill each other. Although I know you've wanted to kill me about 17 times yeah. in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> I don't think we're on the same uh, same weight class though yeah. in fighting. I think I'm down there with uh, the. Yeah, I'd either have to go down or you'd have to come up, but you know, we'll figure it out. I can put on some weight. Yeah, I can put on some weight. It's only you got the frame for yeah. sure. <laughs> I for sure do. But we've been having a lot of fun here uh, covering the uh, San Joaquin section. All or sorry, the Sac Joaquin section. Correct it. Mm-hmm. You'd think I know by now. Really? Uh, we had so much fun covering this all year long. We're doing great stuff. Uh, again, thanks to Wingstop for sponsoring it. Uh, the uh, Stockton Honda Game of the Weeks have been fantastic. The voting has been fantastic on KHDK. Also, our California Family Fit Player of the Week Award, which we still have to give out. We will be giving that out in the next segment because right now we are joined by the head coach of the Del Oro Golden Eagles. Last time we spoke, it was last week. It was during Del Oro's bye week after they had come off of a tough loss to the the Folsom Bulldogs. Now, we know how good Folsom is. Del Oro was looking for a bounce back and... uh, Boy, did they ever. They bounce back against Tracy tonight, defeating them 36-7. to And next week, they will host Jesuit for what could potentially be the game of the week. It's a matchup that I'm very excited about. And head coach Jeff Walters, kind enough to join us once again here on Friday Night Football. Coach Walters, congratulations on the victory here tonight. Uh, a fantastic bounce back after that Folsom game. you got to be proud of your guys. Oh, um, man. Very, very proud and uh, thankful to be on with you guys again. Appreciate it, Coach. I mean, we'll just have you slotted in every week now. I mean, I mean, hey, we pretty much go. already do. So, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, Coach, what was it like taking on a team in Tracy that you hadn't played? You don't play them during the regular season. So, I mean, even with scouting and everything, there's only so much you can learn. And, and for the guys to hit the field against them for the first time, what was, uh, what was that like? Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was real, real proud of the way that the uh, kids responded. I think they did a great job tonight. Um, uh, I actually um, have had a, a couple run-ins with Tracy uh, at my former stop at Liberty and a couple of contact camps before those went away. So um, it was really good to uh, to see the Bulldogs again. Um, I just take my hat off to the great job that uh, 
that those coaches do over there. And uh, like I said, I do have a good relationship with them and they do a phenomenal job over there and it's a great football school. But um, ultimately I was really, really proud of the way that our kids uh, responded and, you know, we're, we're able to answer the bell as it, as it were. Coach, you watched uh, Tracy defeat Lincoln last week. You were uh, at that game, scouting that game as they advanced uh, to play you with a 49 to 28 victory. Uh, so you watching that game, having all week to implement the game plan. What was that game plan? And did the final score tell the full story? Do you think you nailed that game plan and your guys implemented what they've been working on all week? A hundred percent. Yeah, I know. I was really, really proud of them. Like I said, uh, you know, in a, um, Mr. Hamilton will love to hear it. I think the offensive line played yes. phenomenally yes. tonight. Um, and I think that was ultimately the biggest difference was us uh, kind of getting our swagger back. We were, we were able to run, um, do some fun things uh, as far as uh, some jet sweeps and, and um, you know, counter back on that with some powers and some other stuff. And, you know, really when those five guys get it in their mind that they're going to hit somebody, you know, that's that's what really makes our offense special. Love that you said it, Coach, because as I look here, you guys had five rushing touchdowns tonight. Definitely have to give the O-line love there. But I saw that Aiden Foster had three touchdowns, and then I saw another running back who I haven't heard much from this year, uh, Jaden Gravitt. I might be saying the last name wrong. He had two rushing touchdowns tonight. What goes into your running back rotation, and and what can you tell me about uh, Jaden Gravitt? Yeah, no, Jaden Gravitt, he does a phenomenal job. Um, You know, senior – you know, a longtime player he grew up in our youth program. And, you know, I tell you what, the consummate teammate um, and, you know, one of those guys that, that you need, especially late in the year, um, kid that um, has had to had to grind every single day, hoping that he'd get his opportunity. And I'm just so darn proud of the kid, um, you know, for being ready to answer the bell. Sheldon Connie was out this week with an injury, um, which definitely uh, could have affected us. But as you saw, I thought uh, Aiden Foster and Jaden Gravatt did a phenomenal job in filling in for him. And, you know, we're, we're really, really excited going into uh, this next week, knowing that we have uh, a bunch of very capable backs. Definitely. I'm, I'm glad you uh, mentioned Sheldon Condi because I was wondering. I didn't see him in any of the, the you know, uh, updates I had seen or anything, so I was wondering. Um, too bad he's injured. Hopefully he'll be uh, good to go next week. Do you know yet, or is it still up in the air? Yeah, no, right now it looks like uh, he'll definitely be ready to roll next week um, against Marauders. And, you know, obviously we're excited about having him. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because, uh, like I said, he's a real, real special back. But, um, you know, that's that's one of the things that I'm just so proud of our team is the way that we, we kind of respond. And, you know, when somebody's down, it's somebody else's night to pick it up. And, you know, that's that's one of the truly rewarding things about being a coach. Definitely. And I also noticed you guys uh, – had a two-point conversion tonight, and sadly, we still haven't been able to get out to a game yet because we do our show Friday nights. You guys play Friday nights, but I wanted to ask, do you run the uh, – gimmick is the wrong term, but where you come out with basically the long snapper, holder, and kicker, and then the lines kind of spread out, and you make the read of whether you can go for two or you bring everyone in and, and kick the extra point? You know, um, without getting too much steam away, <laughs> um, our philosophy is definitely to be aggressive early on, uh, and we do have a – a kind of formula that's uh, that we've put together as far as when to go for two, but we usually go for two on the on the first two, and you know we try to have fun um, tonight. Actually, uh, the one two point conversion that we got, um, we actually call it Baby Shark, believe it or not. Nice. Uh, I've got I've got a bunch of little kiddos at home, so I've, <laughs> I've played that on YouTube about ten thousand times. We actually uh, um, put all of our players in in a straight line, um, kind of a la Michigan, and and shifted them all out to a different spot. Um, and, uh, and then, um, I kind of went with a QB sneak, believe it or not. Um, 
easiest pie. Uh, Tracy happened to just overshift, and, you know, our quarterback was able to just kind of walk in um, from the uh, three-yard line. So we do some different funky stuff. Again, it gives gives the defense something else that they have to prepare for every single week. So, Love it. Um, and it, it keeps it fresh for the kids. Hey, Coach, you know it's just the three of us talking, right? Nobody <laughs> else is listening. This isn't going over no. the air or anything. Yeah. So you can share You can share really anything you want, you know. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I guarantee you Jesuit doesn't listen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to ask you, Coach, and I'm probably going to butcher his name for like the third week in a row here. Tatua Martinson had a, uh, a pick tonight. Is that – uh, is there any other play than a D lineman getting an interception that fires up the team more than that? I mean, it's always when a player's yeah. playing out of position or makes a play outside of their yeah. position that, that just gets the team going. Yeah, no, we were, we were super thrilled and actually you nailed it tonight. Nice. So well done. Um, uh, it was actually his own dog. So we actually blitzed, uh, blitzed two linebackers and actually dropped him from his defensive end spot to basically play outside linebacker. Um, it's something that you kind of see it at the upper levels. You don't yeah. see it too much at the high school level, but um, he dropped perfectly into the zone and came up with a huge play because, uh, you know, Tracy was definitely on a on a little bit of an answer drive. Um, and, you know, if they scored there, it, it would have cut the deficit to 22 to 6. And, you know, it kind of it kind of slammed the door shut and, you know, sucked out the uh, the air out of Tracy's sails for sure to see uh, number 55 come down with the ball. And like I said, I'm just so, so proud of that kid. Coach, do you need a uh, touchdown celebrations, Coach? Because when you said when you told Chuck that he nailed that name, he just put on a celebration <laughs> show of a lifetime. I just want you to know. Oh, uh, nothing makes me happier than to hear that you guys are enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, we uh, holdback we... coaches. I'm I'm locked in as the holdback coach. I'll, I'll throw some celebration tips in there, but I'm I'm the holdback coach for sure. Right on. Right I mean, on. we've been enjoying your program really all season long, and it's just one of many great programs in all of this uh, this Sac Joaquin section. Before I move on to ask you uh, about Jesuit, can I just ask you personally, as someone who, uh, who's who been a part of this section for a long time, now the head coach of a great program like Del Oro, uh, it must be incredible to be able to call yourself a coach uh, of a team, one of the many great teams just in this section. Can you talk about all the teams in this section in general and just how proud of you are of the level of competition between you and your opponents? Absolutely. You know, I, um, I've had a, a opportunity to be involved in high school football for a real, real long time. And it, it really is an honor, like you said, to be at a school um, like Del Oro and in a community like Loomis. It's, it's nothing better than representing you know, but I think uh, a lot of coaches feel that way about, you know, just how special they are. And, and there is a major fraternity, you know. Um, send a shout-out to um, to Coach Catalico over at uh, Sheldon. They played their, their absolute tails off this year and yeah. came up uh, one point short yeah. tonight. You know, but um, it's a fraternity. And, you know, I feel very, very blessed to be a young coach in, in this game. But, you know, having such great mentors, you know, like I said, Coach Cat, um, you know, uh, um, uh, Coach Richardson over at Folsom, like I said, I feel like I've gotten gotten to know him a little bit more over over the last two years, and you know it really is some of the best football in the state, and I'm I'm darn proud to be a part of it for sure. Coach, uh, you you mentioned the community of of high school football, not just in uh, in this section or your your uh, division in this section in particular, but in all of Northern California and even all of California in general. And, and unfortunately, we've been dealing with uh, so many of these uh, these fires that been have been affecting yeah. communities. And I know so many people from all of California have been involved one way or another, trying to help out, sending their uh, their hopes and prayers. It's even affected high school football up there. But I wanted to ask, condition wise. 
Uh, did you experience any of that that smoke here tonight? Was that any kind of issue for any of the teams that you uh, or for your team or for your opponents tonight? You know, um, uh, I know that there was a little concern of, as far as the air quality. Um, luckily, it didn't it didn't uh, get to the unhealthy level, so the game was was able to take place at at a relatively um, normal pace. Um, you know, we we go at such breakneck speed on offense that. Um, that I wasn't able to notice any any difference as far as uh, um, conditioning or guys having trouble catching their breath, um, you know. But I think I think uh, you know you guys brought up the hard the hard reality that um, this is a game, and you know I I can't help but talk about that. You know my 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 thoughts were definitely with the people that are dealing with the consequences. You know between you know what's happening up north and then obviously the tragedy that took place down south. Like, that was one of the things that our our amazing defensive coordinator Josh Perry talked to the kids about today. He's like, you got to honor the game, you got to appreciate this opportunity because you never know what uh, what things are going to um, take place. Um, you know, and obviously we're trying to still use the game as a as a lessons for life and trying to help these kids through these experiences. And you know, obviously, like I said, I just send out my thoughts and prayers to the folks that were affected by all the events this week. Very well said, Coach. Head Coach Jeff Walters of uh, Del Loro High School joining us as Del Loro's moving on to the next round to take on Jesuit. Coach, I knew a, a little bit of smoke wasn't going to keep your guys down, and I know for sure a little bit of smoke wasn't going to keep your uh, fantastic crowd over there in that student section at Del Loro out of the game. Uh, it sounded like, and from what I saw, they were out there putting on quite a show, just as as rowdy and fun as you expected. Yeah, no, um, like I said, it's it's fun to play at home. Um, and that's why I was excited that we were able to earn that one seat. Um, so we get one more week definitely to have our crowd be, be in full force. And like I said, we're excited about the opportunity to, to welcome the Marauders. Coach, we always appreciate, uh, appreciate you joining us, but finding out that you have a bunch of youngsters at home now, also, we appreciate it even more considering you're always joining us late. So, uh, just thank you yeah. again. But, uh, I, I have to ask, I asked Joe about this earlier and, and it's on my own personal uh, experience. Like today, really felt like that first Friday night football with that cold fall weather. You know, you're, right. you're warming up under the lights with daylight savings time and everything. Do, do you kind of agree with me on that, or is it just you know football's football? Absolutely. I, I've been walking around campus for the last few weeks, going, "God, I can't wait for a little bit of a chill because really? it's it's 75 in in November," and I'm just like, "Man, you know, just a little bit of weather wouldn't wouldn't hurt anybody right now." So. Um, definitely our kids even were saying it. They're like, coach, it's football. Yes. You know, like frost on the ground. We're ready to roll. That means that the playoffs time's here and we always get better in playoffs. So absolutely steam coming off the head, man. That that's football to me. Uh, one more question for you. And I know you'll probably give me a, a coach's answer, but I know the kids enjoy this. Uh, those yeah. uniforms tonight looked really great, man. They were really clean. <laughs> How do they, do the kids uh, get excited about it? And uh, do you, are you afraid to say that you like them too? Or, or, you know, are you going to, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I obviously, uh, you know, it's that's something that I inherited. Um, you know, uh, we try to we try to definitely stay true to our roots, but at the same time, we we are are very much the Oregon of the foothills yes. um, as far as decals changing and uniforms. And tonight, we we busted out the the bananas, as the kids were calling it. I I call them the gold standard, but you know, <laughs> kids kids are joking calling them the bananas. Um, but yeah, no, I mean it was it was fun. We hadn't busted out our gold jerseys uh, yet, and uh, I actually thought that they looked real good. Even my assistant coaches were 
were a little leery at first, and then when we got on the field, they're like, you know what, they look kind of solid, so we're good. <laughs> I loved them. I was a big fan of them. Yeah. Coach, final thing for you. You're taking on uh, Jesuit next week. Should be a really, really fun matchup between uh, the two of you. Jesuit coming off of a impressive shutout win over Granite Bay. You defeated Granite Bay during the regular season. Of course, SFL uh, opponent Granite Bay, 42-7. to A lot of preparation uh, for this week. But what are you looking forward to most about this matchup uh, with Jesuit? Well, you know, I think it's, a, it's an opportunity for two historic programs in the Sackville King to match up. I'm not so sure that that we've actually had many matchups just because they've they've always um, seemed to be a division higher than us. Um, so I'd actually have to go back and check the record books and see how many times we've we've matched up. I know that we scrimmaged when I was in high school, and um, and it was definitely uh, a great opportunity to to go up against them. Um, but like I said, uh, having got the chance to um, watch them live last week against uh, uh, Wood Creek. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited for the opportunity. They got two great athletes in uh, in their middle linebacker, and obviously um, Isaiah Rutherford, the quarterback, is uh, top class. And you know, I gotta I gotta do a little bit more homework as far as uh, figuring out all of their players' names. Um, but uh, I do know that their coaching staff is a great coaching staff, and it's definitely going to be a battle. And you know, we're excited. And you know, when you reach the semifinals, there's there's no easy weeks from here on out. So I know they'll be bringing it and. You know, we're just excited to be able to play one more game at home. Coach, fantastic run all the way to get to this point. Have yourself a great week of preparation. We look forward to keeping a close eye on how you guys do uh, in next week's matchup. But uh, I'm sure your players already know how proud you are of them, how proud we are of them to be able to cover them. Uh, And then, of course, those proud Golden Eagle fans out there. You're the man. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Coach. That is head coach Jeff Walters of Del Oro Football. We will take the break. When we come back, we have our California Family Fitness Player of the Week award to give out, plus a scoreboard, a full run-through, coming up after the break here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Welcome to... Y'all played a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show. Presented by Wingstop. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Final segment of Friday Night Football. Joined by the one and only Charles T. Hamilton. Chris Watkins in the other room. We haven't even mentioned him, and he's he's still sad in there because uh, Christian Brothers yeah. lost. But Woodcock okay. lost, too, so we can go hey, cry in a corner. Pity party. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I don't know if Tam even made playoffs. So. <laughs> by the way, that was a bark to end the segment. Uh I know it was kind of an off screaming. Yeah, it was an off bark. Uh, Yeah, Chuck has a tendency to bark at random times. Uh, So if you're driving and you hear a loud or deep noise, don't swerve off the road. We (gasps) beg that. That That one was better. Don't swerve, please. If you get in an accident, it's Charles T. Hamilton Mm -hmm. at CTH415 on Twitter. Chris Watkins was also responsible. Not me. Sammy. I'm I'm innocent here. So uh, we got 10 minutes left, and we we got a lot to squeeze into these 10 minutes. Actually, less than 10 minutes, to be honest with you. But we're going to make it seem like 10 because we have a full scoreboard of all seven divisions that we're going to run through in just a second. And then the prestigious California Family Fitness Player of the Week Award given out by the one and only Charles T. Hamilton will be coming up immediately after the scoreboard. Let's do it right now. The full scoreboard for the Sac Joaquin Section Football Championship 2018-2019. And we begin in Division 1. The Folsom Bulldogs, guess what? They're really good. 
I don't know if you knew that, Chuck, but they're really good. They won again, 64-28 to 28 over Edison. And i got to give a round of applause to Edison for putting up 28 yeah. points on Folsom. No doubt. That Folsom defense has been shutting out teams like Del Loro, and Edison got 28 on them. So congratulations to them and on a great season for them. But Folsom advances. They will take on St. Mary's, who beat Sheldon in absolute uh, classic. 30-29 to 29 the final. Number four seed St. Mary's moves on. Oak Ridge beat Turlock. The number three seed advances to take on number two seed Monterey Trail, who defeated Pittman today, 63-7. That's Division One. Del Oro. We just spoke with Coach Jeff Walters. They took on Tracy. They got the W, 36-7, and they will be taking on Jesuit next week because Jesuit had a bounce-back game against Granite Bay, who they played in the regular season. Granite Bay was able to get the W, yeah. but they did not play Isaiah Rutherford, who came in, had three touchdowns tonight, and just on those three touchdown runs, he had 139 yards. Just on the touchdown runs, Jesuit gets the win, 42 to nothing. Jesuit Del Oro next week. Intercom taking on Downey. Intercom is moving on because they put up 69. Nice. Downey only put up 29. Intercom moving on next week. They'll be taking on Central Catholic. Central Catholic got the W against Elk Grove. 49 to 7. I don't want to pick favorites, but I'm picking favorites. Division 3 is probably my favorite division that we have out of all of these seven because there's so many great matchups, including a massive upset that took place. But we'll start with Capital Christian beating uh, Buhach Colony. 55 to nothing. Capital Christian advances to take on Antelope. 20 to 8. Antelope defeated Manteca. And uh, both those teams played during the regular season. There was a uh, fight that took place. So that should be a very interesting game to keep an eye on. How about this for an upset? Number 11 seed River Valley. Upset Merced at home. Merced, the number three seed, didn't lose a game all season. River Valley defeated them 45-40 to to advance. They get to take on the Placer Hillman, who defeated Yuba City 52-19, to so that'll happen next week. The Battle of the Wing T Offenses. That's Division Three. Can't wait for that. Rio Linda is moving on because they beat Pacheco by a score of 77-63. to That's 140 points overall, you guys. I thought this was football, not basketball. Yeah, yeah, seriously. This would be like an overtime basketball game. Right. <laughs> Rio Linda puts up 77, Pacheco 63. Rio Linda moving on, and they will be taking on Oakdale next week, who got the W against Wood. Oakdale put up 38, Wood 28. Oakdale, Rio Linda next Friday. Casa Roble moving on. They took on Patterson tonight. Casa Roble put up 52, Patterson 10. Casa Roble is going to be taking on Vanden. You know why, Matt? Why? Because Vanden won tonight 54-12 to against Cordova next week. Casa Roble and Vanden going head-to-head. Division 5, Cinco Colfax, the number one seed, defeated number eight seed Los Banos, 56-21 to advance. They will take on Sonora, another one-point classic, and this one is Sonora defeat Foothill, uh, 28-27. to Speaking of 28, Bear River put up 28 points on number six seed center. They won 28-13 to to advance to take on Rippon, who defeated Mountain House, 49-20. to That is Division 5. Woof. Modesto Christian took on Argonaut tonight. Modesto Christian moving on because they won the game 28-7. to They'll be taking on Rippin' Christian because Rippin' Christian beat Waterford 28 to nothing. That's right. Next week, Battle of the Christians. Modesto Christian and Rippin' Christian going head-to-head. Escalon moving on after beating Calaveras 39-15. to They'll be taking on Hillmar next week because Hillmar put up 44 against Amador, who sadly only put up seven. Hillmar, Escalon next Friday night. Division 
seven. Yes. Only two games here. The semifinals, Denaire taking on Gustine, and number one seed Denaire advances after defeating Gustine 39-18. to And then Golden Sierra defeated Big Valley Christian, a number three v. number two upset. Golden Sierra advances with a 24-14 victory. So we will have the Division 7 championship taking place next week between Denaire and Golden Sierra. You can check out all the results from that one right here, of course, on Friday Night Football, presented to you by Wingstop. Last order of business of the show, CTH, who wins our California Family Fitness Player of the Week Award. You want to know who won the California Family Fit Player of the Week Award? Please tell me. Let me let you know. Chris, let me tell you something. Janelle Sanders threw two touchdown passes and rushed for a 45-yard score in the Cordova win over Golden Valley. Cordova beats Golden Valley to move on 31-24. to Now, I know it's not. Look, that's a good game. And it's not the craziest stats. You know, three touchdowns, that's great. But the fact that you do it in such a close game, in a game where you score 31 points Coming and you're clutch. responsible for 21 of them, exactly. Clutch touchdowns like that, threw for two touchdowns, ran for a 45-yard score. Jonell Sanders is your California Family Fit Player of the Week. I tell you what, I, tell I me. get that pocket-passing quarterbacks are really the, the big money makers, and they're the ones that have the most success when you get up to the NFL level. But I love me an athletic I like quarterback. I, I like love scrambling quarterbacks. I mean, there's a reason why Michael Vick is one of the coolest and most famous uh, quarterbacks of all time. Blake Bortles. Oh, Blake Bortles. the boat. Oh boy, ben Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> yeah, Mitchell. That, all right, this is a good place to stop. We're a sinking ship now. But we've had a lot of fun over the last couple Johnny of hours here. Uh, Friday night football. <laughs> That's whatever. Thank you so much to Wingstop for sponsoring Friday Night Football. The first and only time we will mention Johnny Menzel. Well, that's the second time. Crap. Uh, We'll mention that name here on Friday Night Football. Here it comes. Nope. Okay. There it is. (laughs) That's Charles T. Hamilton. My name's Matt George. It's Friday night. We're tired. We're off the rails, but we had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Friday Night Football presented by Wingstop. We will see you next week for week three of the playoffs. Yes.